Terrorism is in the news, but it is not new. It is a commonly used tactic by communists, by Islamists, and by globalist deep staters who often support it. Stay tuned and I'll tell you more. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Behind the Deep State. I'm your host, Alex Newman. It is a, a real honor to spend some time with you. And, folks, uh, with what's going on in the Middle East right now, Hamas and the killings and everything, uh, terrorism is a very hot topic at the moment. But uh, terrorism is not new. And uh, I want to start off by talking about how evildoers, uh, including deep state evildoers, have been working to weaponize and manipulate useful idiots including, incidentally, a lot of Islamists across the Middle East for generations. Now, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't want to downplay the influence of you know, Islamic theology. Uh, obviously, there are those uh, verses in some of their holy scriptures that, uh, you know, have been um, interpreted by uh, by some Muslims as calls to, to jihad and things. And, and that's been going on for many centuries. In fact, clear back, uh, you know, 1500 years uh, as uh, Islamic armies took over North Africa and uh, and repeatedly tried to take over Europe. So that's been going on for a long time. But there's something else at work behind this so-called red-green axis and the terrorism that we are seeing. And, uh, you know, I want to start off with the Soviets. Uh, the Soviets were very, very active in this front. Uh, you've got uh, really interesting revelations by uh, General Ion Pachepa. Uh, General Ion Pachepa, uh, Ion Mikhail Pachepa, uh, he was the head of communist Romanian intelligence, uh, the little sister of the KGB, and arguably one of the most important defectors to ever come to the Western world from the former communist bloc. And I wrote a book uh, called Disinformation after he came over here. And I want to quote from it because uh, it's really interesting, the, the communist history of trying to radicalize Muslims and use them as uh, basically ticking time bombs against the Western world, against the United States, and against Israel. So here's what uh, General Pachepa says in his book, uh, Disinformation. He says, in 1972, the Kremlin decided to turn the whole Islamic world against Israel and the United States. He said, as KGB chairman Yuri Andropov told me, a billion adversaries could inflict far greater damage on America than could a few millions. Wow. In other words, uh, what we know is that, according to Pachepa and other defectors, the so-called evil empire was actually a critical part of the emergence of this uh, really wave of terrorism that has afflicted the Western world uh, for some generations now and that has been particularly acute in Israel. Uh, this has not stopped uh, even after the supposed collapse of the Soviet Union. Uh, in fact, uh, Alexander Litvinenko, he was the uh, Russian defector who was poisoned in London with a polonium, a very bizarre incident there. And uh, he actually revealed, uh, once he defected, that al-Qaeda leader Ayman al-Zawahiri, who is described as, and I'm quoting here, a mastermind of 9-11 by American officials, was actually trained by the Russian Federal Security Service, FSB, which is, of course, the, the reincarnated version of the KGB, uh, back in the late 1990s. Uh, this guy, uh, al-Zawahiri, was actually the second in command of al-Qaeda behind Osama bin Laden. And, of course, if you know the history of Osama bin Laden and the Islamic Mujahideen uh, that came out of Afghanistan in the 1980s, well, again, we have foreign powers in there recruiting, arming, training, and radicalizing Islamic extremists 
for geopolitical purposes. Um, and there's a really interesting history there. In fact, uh, this is not new and it continues to this day. But uh, before we go any further, I, I want to let you hear uh, Hillary Clinton talking about this very, very interesting phenomenon whereby uh, U.S. intelligence, the U.S. government was deliberately, again, deliberately supporting Islamic extremists in the Middle East, uh, supposedly for the purpose of fighting communism. Now, you think, you'd think they could have found some better partners than the Mujahideen, who incidentally had a lot of communist sympathies. But uh, here is Hillary Clinton testifying about this very issue. Let's remember here, the people we are fighting today, we funded 20 years ago. And we did it because we were locked in this struggle with the Soviet Union. They invaded Afghanistan, and we did not want to see them control Central Asia, and we went to work. And it was President Reagan in partnership with the Congress, um, led by Democrats, who said, you know what, sounds like a pretty good idea. Let's deal with the ISI and the Pakistani military, and let's go recruit these Mujahideen, and that's great. Let's get some to come from Saudi Arabia and other places, importing their Wahhabi brand of Islam so that we can go beat the Soviet Union. And we, guess what? They retreated. They lost billions of dollars, and it led to the collapse of the Soviet Union. So there's a, a very strong argument, which is wasn't a bad investment to end the Soviet Union, but let's be careful what we sow because we will harvest. Well, there you go, folks. We recruited and funded and trained these Islamic extremists. We gave them stinger missiles, says Hillary Clinton in congressional testimony. Hmm. Why in the world would you want to do that? Well, supposedly it was to fight the Soviet Union. But the point remains. Uh, here you have the U.S. government and the Soviet government both radicalizing Islamic jihadists and trying to use them for geopolitical purposes. Uh, of course, this is not the last time that this happened. In fact, Hillary Clinton played a critical role in arming Islamic jihadists and terrorists uh, during the Obama administration. And there's a lot on this as well. Uh, you guys certainly remember uh, the Obama administration's so-called uh, support for the so-called Syrian, moderate Syrian rebels. And oh yeah, they're, they're just moderate Syrian rebels. Right? They're just moderate Syrian rebels. Nothing to worry about here. We're just going to send them some weapons, give them communication, air support, right? Nothing to see here. Just moderate rebels. Well, they knew that was a lie from the very beginning, folks. Um, and, and, you know, that's not my opinion. We have a lot of documents on this very issue. I've, I've got a 2012 report from the U.S. Defense Intelligence Agency. This is the, the military intelligence arm of the Pentagon. And uh, in 2012, and Hillary Clinton saw this document, uh, the Defense Intelligence Agency said that, and I'm quoting, the West, Gulf countries, and Turkey support the Syrian opposition. By West, I mean the, the Obama administration, the British government, the French government, uh, the Gulf countries, of course, is the, uh, the Sunni Arab regimes on the Arabian Peninsula. And then Turkey, the Turkish government, supports Syrian opposition. All right, we all knew that, right? There's, there's no news there, moderate rebels, whatever it was. Uh, well, then they go on to say in this same document that the Salafists, the Muslim Brotherhood, and al-Qaeda in Iraq are the major forces driving the insurgency in Syria. So on the one hand, this document tells us the U.S. government, with our tax money, is supporting Syrian opposition. 
in the next breath, they're telling us that the Syrian opposition is actually led by the Salafists, these radical Islamic, uh, you know, Wahhabist, uh, fundamentalist Islam, uh, the Muslim Brotherhood, which, of course, is sworn to the destruction of the Western world, and then al-Qaeda in Iraq. These are the major forces driving the insurgency, is what the U.S. Defense Intelligence Agency said. And it gets better, right? It's like the uh, the old uh, late-night TV commercials. Wait, there's more, okay? And here's uh, more. There is the possibility, they said, of establishing a declared or undeclared Salafist principality in eastern Syria, Hasaka and Deir Zor. And this is exactly what the supporting powers to the opposition want in order to isolate the Syrian regime. Well, guess what, folks? They got their Salafist principality in eastern Syria, declared or undeclared. I don't know. You you decide. And uh, we called this Salafist principality in eastern Syria the Islamic State. You're probably familiar with it right there in eastern Syria, right? Wow. Hmm. Who could have ever guessed that they would be doing this. Well, uh, Donald Trump noticed, uh, he actually said uh, repeatedly that Obama and Hillary were the co-founders of ISIS, and the fake news said, oh, no, he's just making stuff up. They're not the co-founders of ISIS. Well, listen to this. President Obama, he is the founder of ISIS. He's the founder of ISIS. He's the founder. He founded ISIS. And I would say the co-founder would be crooked Hillary Clinton. Co-founder, crooked Hillary Clinton. ISIS will hand her the most valuable player award. There you have it, folks. Uh, even though Hillary Clinton admitted what they were doing, they continued doing it. Uh, and they did it in Libya, right? We know they allied themselves with the Libyan Islamic Fighting Group, which was the Libyan branch of al-Qaeda. Uh, truly amazing, folks. Truly amazing. And now we act surprised that jihadists are running around launching rockets at innocent people. Stay tuned. We're going to be right back after this quick break with more on how the deep state uses terrorism to advance its objectives, including Islamist terrorism and communist terrorism. Stay tuned. I certainly would not want a constitutional convention. I mean, whoa. Who knows what would come out of that? It isn't the Constitution that's the problem. It is the people who ignore the Constitution. What we need are just more people that would read the one we have. It's up to us to hold our elected officials accountable. Who understand the Constitution and are willing to take a stand when necessary. Welcome back to Behind the Deep State. Alex Newman here, your host, senior editor at The New American Magazine. Folks, we're talking about terrorism in light of what is going on in the Middle East right now. And of course, we have this uh, red-green axis, so-called, where you have communists and Islamists uh, seemingly joining forces against the Western world. This is not new. Uh, and unfortunately, it's had support from very powerful deep state members of our own government. And it's been going on for a very long time. Uh, one of the places where we see that very clearly is uh, South Africa. But, uh, you know, Rich Higgins actually warned about this. Rich Higgins was the director of policy and planning at the National Security Council under President Donald Trump. And he wrote the infamous Higgins memo. And uh, in this Higgins memo, he actually talked about the deep state. He talked about the deep state as uh, this wannabe God bestriding the earth. And uh, as part of this God bestriding the earth, he also talked about this uh, really interesting alliance. He said there was an alliance between uh, communists and 
Marxists and socialists and Islamists and globalists. And he said they were united um, on one critical issue. And that was, he said, bringing down the United States, uh, not just as a nation, but as a people. Now, why would they want to bring down the United States as a nation and as a people? And why would they be cooperating with each other? Right? You would think that communists and Islamists don't have much to do with each other. Uh, communists officially are godless, and uh, Islamists uh, believe in Allah. So why in the world would they be cooperating? So here's what um, uh, Rich Higgins says. He says, the deep state, the successful outcome of cultural Marxism, is a bureaucratic state beholden to no one, certainly not the American people. With no rule of law considerations outside those that further deep state power, the deep state truly becomes, as Hegel advocated, God bestriding the earth. And he goes on to say in this memo, Globalists and Islamists both recognize that for their visions to succeed, America must be crushed as an ideal and as a nation. And of course, that is exactly what we are watching now. We're watching total war on the United States. We see communist powers and Islamist powers joining forces against us and against uh, every little bastion of freedom, of Christianity, of Western civilization. Uh, and there is this really deliberate agenda. And we saw it happen in South Africa. In fact, um, we uh, talked with uh, Charles Van Wyck. He actually stopped a communist terror attack on his church. Uh, it was part of the St. James Massacre. This was in 1993. And uh, the communist terrorists who did this were actually trained by Islamists. And so uh, we've seen this for a very long time. We saw this with the uh, PLO. Right? The PLO was portrayed, at least, as a uh, communist or uh, Islamist terrorist organization. And yet it was also backed by the Soviet Union. To go back to what we talked about in the previous segment, Ian Pachepa talking about how the communists sent agents all across the Middle East. Well, we saw in South Africa something very similar, where uh, communist terrorists backed by the Soviet Union, and in many cases, unfortunately, by the U.S. government, uh, used terror to bring about their objective, to basically bring the communists to power in South Africa. And uh, they were pretty open about this, and, and some very prominent people were involved. Um, one of the interesting people who kind of got caught on, um, on tape was Winnie Mandela, the wife of Nelson Mandela. She talked about using uh, matches and necklaces to liberate South Africa. Well, if you know what she's talking about, uh, they liberated with necklaces. Necklaces are where they put a, a tire on somebody's neck and they fill it with uh, petrol, gasoline, and they light it on fire. It's one of the most barbaric ways imaginable to kill people. Necklacing, they called it. And a lot of these communist terrorist organizations that were operating across South Africa were being trained, yes, by the Soviets, yes, by the East Germans, yes, by the Cubans. But some of them were even getting support from the U.S. government. Um, Really, really interesting. The U.S. government actually sent a lot of money down there. Some of this was even going through uh, the U.S. Embassy, uh, the Council on Foreign Relations. David Rockefeller were, were major proponents of some of this stuff. They brought over uh, numerous communist terrorists from South Africa and celebrated them. People like uh, ANC, quote-unquote, Foreign Secretary Thabo Mbeki, uh, an actual Communist Party member. Really interesting. 
Uh, you also had uh, Henry Kissinger, of course, playing a, a huge role in this. And, and remember, folks, this is when these people were bombing shopping malls, uh, putting mines alongside roads to murder farmers, right? Um, from at least the 1950s, you had the U.S. government actually funding some of this stuff, right? Uh, and a violent uh, offshoot of the ANC, the Pan-Africanist Congress, was actually organized at the Johannesburg office of the U.S. Information Service back in 1959. And according to uh, Rand Afrikaans University's Institute for American Studies, uh, the U.S. State Department back in the 1980s showered hundreds of millions of taxpayer dollars on pro-Soviet terrorist organizations in South Africa. They contributed millions to Marxist terrorist groups, uh, many of which, by the way, had been declared terror organizations by the U.S. government itself. The Southwest Africa People's Organization, SWAPO, got $4 million from U.S. taxpayers from 1975 to 1978, according to a report by the South African Foreign Ministry. Why would the U.S. government be sending our taxpayer money to terrorist organizations who were slaughtering civilians to help bring communists to power? Against, by the way, a very pro-American government that was sitting on top of a lot of strategic minerals. Uh, well, not new continues to this day. And folks, uh, the uh, intelligence, you know, and of course the Soviets did a lot of this, but I, I don't want to um, deflect all the responsibility from the U.S. government. The U.S. government has been deeply involved in these things. They've perpetrated all kinds of horrors that a lot of us don't like to think of. If you go back to uh, the 1950s, 1960s, we've got the documents, uh, Operation Northwoods. Uh, this was a, a plan developed by the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the Department of Defense. They were going to uh, shoot down an airplane. They were going to drop bombs in Miami. That's my hometown. They were going to sink a boat full of refugees and blame it on a foreign government. Uh, the CIA thought of something similar, the uh, Operation Mongoose. They talked about developing a terror campaign in the Miami area, maybe even hitting uh, Washington, sinking a boat uh, full of Cuban refugees, and then using that to blame it on foreign powers. Folks, uh, this, this stuff goes so, so deep, but uh, you really can't understand the roots of terrorism without understanding, first of all, why they use it, right? They want to strike fear into the hearts of people to get them to do things that they otherwise would not do. And so, yes, uh, Islamists perpetrate terror attacks. Yes, communists perpetrate terrorist attacks. They, they target civilians and things like that. Uh, but a lot of that has been deliberately encouraged and even financed by the deep state itself. Uh, for, for very nefarious purposes. And I mean, if you expand the, the definition of terrorism out a little bit, uh, you, you see that uh, you know a lot of that, unfortunately, has been going on for a long time, even in the uh, so-called foreign policy of the Western world, uh, where you have uh, assassinations, drone strikes on weddings. I mean, things that are just absolutely horrific. And then what do they use that for? They, they blow these countries up and they say, hey, why don't you guys all just come to uh, the United States? Right? Well, we, we'll roll out the red carpet, go to Germany, go to Canada. Right? We'll, uh, we'll pay for your health care. We'll pay for whatever. Folks, they're doing this deliberately. They're trying to destabilize the world. They want to send refugees into our countries. They want to terrorize people so that we're all living in fear so that we will agree to things that we would never agree to under normal circumstances. Big government, total surveillance, uh, mass influx of refugees. We see it right now. Right? They want to bring a, a million folks over from Gaza. You got Republicans like Nikki Haley and even Democrats, uh, not surprising, in Congress saying, hey, let's bring them all to the United States. Folks, uh, America is in great danger. That's all we have time for today, but I want to thank you for tuning in. I'm Alex Newman, Senior Editor at The New American. Until next time, thanks for listening. God bless you all. As a lumberjack, I've been cutting wood for decades. 
My job is pretty straightforward. I see the wood, I chop the wood. My axe goes through every time. You remember when everyone bought all the toilet paper? And they wanted me to wear these things? And someone invested a lot of money into this stuff. They say I'm part of a global plan. I don't think so. It's too hot, it's too cold. You know what? The weather changes. We even hear crazy ideas on how kids should learn. Here's the news, Dad. Is it, son? Is it? What about this one, Dad? Nope. It's hard to tell what's real and what's fake these days. There's just too much baloney out there. At the New American, they cut through the baloney and give me the truth. Visit thenewamerican.com and subscribe to get 50% off the cover price. And if you want an even better deal, use the promo code 10OFFSUB. Again, that's 10OFFSUB for more than 50% off.